Benjamin Franklin once said, In wine there is wisdom, in beer there is freedom, and in water there's bacteria. No bacteria here. This is On the Back Bar. On the Back Bar is your gateway to talking to the people behind the scenes at bars, distilleries, and vineyards around the world. We'll talk to the experts in the industry about future trends, people, spirits, cocktails, wine, and everything else. So kick your feet up, pour your favorite drink, and hang out on the back bar. This is Christopher Menning. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to On the Back Bar podcast. It's great to have you all here join. Uh, it's been a while. I've been uh, off and around, and uh, I'm really happy for those joining via video to actually see this for the first time. Uh, I have welcoming good friends and fellow industry expert Dickie from Firefly Bar at Sinhorn Kempinski. Dude, how are you, man? It's good. Very good. Very good. It's been a long time. I mean, I haven't done anything like this. <laughs> really? Is this your first podcast? Or I think this is my first podcast. Mostly, it's kind of like interviews. Okay, okay. You know, magazines and something. Yeah, yeah. about the podcast. I've never done anything <laughs> like before. Well, great. I'm glad this is your first time. Uh, I'm really happy. This is the first time in this studio, which I'm, I'm really happy about too. Uh, because now people get to see my pretty face and, and yours as well. <laughs> Obviously, yours is much better. Um, <laughs> no, Dicky, how have you been, man? How's uh, how's life? What's been going on? Anything exciting? I mean, life in Bangkok it's very vibrant. Bangkok is such a big city, right? Mm. So, working in this industry, uh, live in Bangkok. I think what else you can ask more? Yeah, yeah. Now, I mean, you know, I, I've been wanting to talk to you for a while. Obviously, we're good friends. I always visit your bar, and we've done a lot of stuff like uh, many events, guest shifts, but. I really love your uh, your way of hosting, uh, your sort of hospitality as well. And I want to find out, like, where did that come from? Was that something that you just sort of fell into? Or did you grow up being an entertainer and wanting to sort of be hospitable to people? Where was that from? Um, actually, I think that's all learning process, right? Mm -hmm. I've been very lucky that I can, uh, I traveled a lot. Mm -hmm. And also I work in several different countries. And the things that I always take is the, cultures the histories of that places so when you know the culture when you learn about history when you learn about how people live differently in different part of the world that's the times all these come into you and you want to you want to be there you want to be part of the city you're not just living in bangkok but you want to be part of bangkok i think that's the things that many people forgot about this like you are also part of the city even though you're just nobody mm. so when you live and when you feel that you are there, that's the time that you can be a, a very good host to everyone that come to your restaurants, to your bars, even to your podcast. <laughs> it's true, because every time I visit a bar, you, you, you really do have like this infectious smile. Uh, and it's through your whole team as well. The whole team sort of have that. Uh, so it's clearly something you've instilled with them. Um, but it's great, man. It always feels like I'm coming, coming back home. You know, I don't feel like any pretentiousness when I walk into the bar. Sometimes you do. Yeah. Um, how important is that for you for like to have that welcoming home sort of environment to your guests? So I think that is the ultimate goals for for us as a team in Firefly Bars mm. to be a ultimate host like what you said, because there is hundreds, thousands of bars in Bangkok. Everyone serves different type of alcohols, everyone serves different type of cocktails. Mm. Um what makes you different? Okay. I think it's about the hospitality is about how you feel inside. 
I always tell to to the team like, yo, we all need to remember like, it's not how good we are, but it's how good when the guests leave the place. Mm. Yeah, they might come already feeling good. That is great, right? When they leave the bars, they feel even better. But when they come to the bars, they have something we don't know what happened during the day, what they have been through that we all don't know. We cannot judge that. Because we are all human beings, we are not psychic that can read people's mind. Like you come to the bar, oh, I know you have something today. Like, oh, let me let me fix something for you and blah blah blah. And and many people funny things like, I think is kind of exaggerated that many people think like, oh, you see my face, you can design the drinks to uh, what you feel about me. Like no one can do that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And sometimes people just have a bad day, right? So it's like, right. no matter what you do, it's, uh, you know, you can't always win. But maybe we should, um, we'll go back a little bit and we're actually talking about Firefly Bar itself. Yep. Now, uh, tell us about the bar. Tell us about why Firefly and also the concept behind the menu. So basically Firefly is kind of, we are hotel bars. We are still uh, like established in the hotels. It's Sintorn Kaminsky Hotels. We are part of the hotels. And, but we don't want to be kind of the old-fashioned, stiffed hotel bars that people will come and say, oh, this is so glamorous, but there's no soul inside of it, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. So we want to be uh, very hospitable. In the same times, our concept is a jazz bar and also cocktails. So jazz and cocktails, plus also we have enormous selections of spirits. Mm -hmm. So we don't want to kind of like limit but we don't want to be too much so carefully choose what kind of like good for our guests what kind of suits to our guests so that's the times we created the menu so firefly concept again is a jazz is a cocktails and the menu the first that we created is just very simple but now we are in the volume two the volume one is just a very simple uh kind of classic twist cocktails just to introduce Firefly to Bangkok market. And the second one now that we currently have is about the journey of Firefly. Mm. So as we believe Firefly in Thai cultures, kind of um, mythical, magical creatures. So whenever you see a Firefly, your wish, your dream will come true. Mm. Okay. So you will see a kind of a fairies kind of pictures in the classic pictures of Thailand so like the big tit firefly as a kind of like various goddesses something like that so we want to bring this kind of a uh, feeling to the guests like oh when when you come here maybe you get a better feeling yeah. your dream will come true or whatever so this kind of um, story that we want to tell so the volume 2 is about the journey so we choose several different places around the world and it start of course with Thailand so Thailand and then go all the way to Turkey, go all the way to India and then to Europe, mm. to South America, to the North America. And from each different places, we create the cocktails according to the flavors that um, may be identical to that kind of regions. Plus also we combine with a little bit of uh, Asian twist. So it's kind of East, Midwest mm. flavors. And uh, we wanted to also create the next volume, but still under undergo for 
brainstorming, you know, like kind of what kind of story we want to tell more. So from the journey to Firefly, maybe we, we go to something else. Okay, okay. So one thing also which um, we discussed about recently was the fact that people want things quite fast, particularly with young staff and young teams. And, you know, me, I was in the industry 15 years, right? I had to work my way up from, you know, glass washer to bar manager of hotels. But um, it does seem that people want instant gratification, instant learning. And I see now that a lot of bartenders are jumping from bar to bar far too fast. Yes. Six months here, then oh, I'm done and learned. Mm. Six months there. Is, it doesn't work like that. You have to spend a good couple of years in a place to really develop and learn from someone. What's your thoughts on this? Are you seeing it yourself? Or? Yes, definitely. Like I even experienced it myself, right? When you develop someone and then after that couple of years, maybe one or two, then people leave you. But yeah. back in the day when, when we start working in the bars, we really, need, we really need to spend minimum of three to four years in one place to learn. Yeah. Because we understand now it's technology world everywhere. Easy access for everything's recipes, histories. If you want to read something, it's just open your phone and everything is there. But back back in the day, we need to buy a book, mm. like bartending book. Like there's not much, uh, not much video in YouTube. Not much thing we can see in the internet. I mean, it's there, but it's not like now. Now it's like enormous information that you can get. Mm-hmm. So I kind of understand why this happening is because of, of course, easy access and everything. But also people tend to forget. I think now that's why I want to remind um, all the young bartenders out there, like you shouldn't forget about the foundations. Mm-hmm the foundations of everything is foundation of bartending what is bartending mm. so they need to learn like actually bartending is bartending or bartender bartender who is the bartender it's the people who tend the bar mm-hmm. so we tend the bar we are nobody we are not superstars yeah we are we are not some kind of um celebrity instagram so when when you achieve something, definitely is good for you. Like you won the competitions, mm-hmm. and people recognize you. That you you grab that opportunity to grow yourself. That's I truly believe that you should. Yeah. But when you jump to one bar to another bars, like you don't have mentor, the real mentor that yeah that will guide you, will drive you. Of course, we are working. We are working in the bars. We we just don't make a friend, but we need to we need to make money. We need to make life and everything else. But mentorship is very important for me mm. because that's what I carry on until now. Mm. Yeah, I agree. And it, it sometimes you just got to stick it out. I mean, a perfect example will be Martin Hudak, right? He yes. uh, the coffee the World Coffee Championship. Um, I can't remember what the competition was called, but he won that. Yes, but still he entered like five times before and didn't win you know he had to keep going and entering but he knew he wanted it it was just a matter of like just persistence right and just sticking to it and not giving up so yeah i do agree i do agree yeah and i always remind people like try to learn from the japanese bartending culture right like a person want to learn how to be a bartender they spend good enough three to four five years just to cut the eyes. Yeah, correct. Yeah, just yeah. to wipe the bottles. Just to wipe the shakers. 
So, I mean, I don't ask you <laughs> to do that. <laughs> right. But, you know, the precisions, the persistence, mm. and the passion they have that I think the things that we, we, need to, we need to take, we need to learn from. It's like, uh, how many years does it take to be a sushi master? Like 10 years, 10 years yeah. to make a rice only. <laughs> right, exactly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah, yeah, cool. And uh, it being a hotel bar, there are some very uh, lavish sort of surroundings. The glass was very beautiful. The service is on point as well. Can you tell me about some of the cocktails, some of the most popular drinks you have on the menu? Popular drinks, um, we have one cocktail called Lady in Red. So mm. the first one is Lady in Red, and then now we call it Elegant Lady in Red. So it's kind of continuations of... Evolution, right? Yes, evolution of the cocktail that people ordered always. Um, Lady in Red, once again, is iconic figures in Kambinski. So whenever you go to Kambinski, you will see one lady dressed in red dress and with the red shoes, um, with the red nails polish mm. and also uh, red lipstick. So these figures in the lobby kind of like representative of Kambinski and also um, it's a one-stop one shop. So the lady in red will assist you. You want to ask any questions. Okay. Uh, she can also do the check-in for some of the VIPs that arrived to the hotel. And for 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 these iconic figures, we created the cocktails mm. that it looks red. <laughs> of course, they're in the lead. So what's in the drink? What's the rest? Uh, it's a gin, gin base. And we use also uh, berries because berries, of course, identical to the European um, winter cultures. Uh, whenever th during the winters, you, you guys have a lot of berries. Mm. And also the last one we use is um, red wine reductions. So whenever we have leftover red wine that it might open for more than three days that we cannot, the quality you, you cannot serve to the guests any longer. So instead of throwing it or checking down the sink or <laughs> drink it, we make um, uh, red wine reductions. Mm, okay, okay. Now, I mean, I've been to your bar a number of times. You do a lot of gestures. In fact, you do a ton of gestures recently. Yep. <laughs> I think you've got like two or two or three a month. But um, no, it's great, man. I mean, it's, it's really become a hub. And, uh, you know, one thing I love as well is the entertainment value. You've got the jazz music. And uh, the jazz, jazz bands every day, right? Every day, yes. Yeah, that's amazing. And I know you get involved in that sometimes. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> Where did... Um, Actually, maybe I'd just like to ask, like, when did you decide to come to Bangkok? How did that opportunity come to you? Um, prior to Bangkok, I was in Philippines. Okay. So I, I used to work with amazing bars called The Backroom. So speakeasy style, mm -hmm. 1920s, 1930s. That's it's nice. And after, during the COVID times, it's hit pretty bad in Philippines. So unlike here in Bangkok, the recovery stage of COVID is more stable, more better than in in the Philippines. And came across my previous mentors, my previous boss, also work in Kempinski. Mm. And we have this beautiful new project of the hotels that open, which is in Don Kempinski. And... Uh, the hotel opened during COVID is not the best time, mm -hmm. but we have, it's kind of like we have also the time to prepare for opening because you have plenty of times, but of course you have a lot of limitations that 
you cannot do market visit you cannot find ingredients you cannot go to the shop to find a glassware yeah because during the covid you won't be able to do that but in the same times you have more times to prepare for the documentations back of house and yeah. so when my boss approached me that's the time i said okay bangkok i visited bangkok several times it's a great city it's a great country of thailand so why not And that's the time I decided to to join. Okay, I didn't realize it was that sort of soon. It's it's been quite recent, right? Even with the hotel, I thought the hotel was around longer, but yes, you not. Mm. So, I mean, tell me more about your love for Bangkok. I mean, you know, I've been here five years now. Um, I think we're spoiled for choice. There's so much food and drink, and correct on, on many different levels. You know, street food is amazing here. You go all the way up to fine dining, Mission Stars, but. Um, you know, where where's your sort of favorite place to hang out? Your top bars and restaurants right now. For restaurants, I rather go to the local joint. Okay. Like after finish work, you know, you can go to Ekamai Soi Thirty. Yeah. All the Tongla bartender is there. <laughs> right. Yeah. True. And that place open until five six a.m. in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. Is that where you normally get your food in the morning, <laughs> like after work? Um. Sometimes. Sometimes because actually it's a little bit more far, right? From yeah. from where where I work to Ekamai Thirty. But also in surrounded area like Saladang, there's a lot of street food also there. Yeah, and also uh, near Pechaburi, there's a lot of there's tons of street food there. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what's your go-to street food then when you eat? In the night times, obviously, all the somtams, you know, soup kind of things, mm-hmm. and fried rice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good, good hangover food. Yes. And what about bars? Like, where are your favorite bars right now? I mean, it's it seems crazy because. Um, it's like every week there's a new place. There's a new place. Something always going on. It's hard to keep up with, right? Correct. Um, what's been exciting for you? Anywhere new you've been to? Um, for me, my personal options when I want to go to enjoy and chill, mm-hmm. my favorite bar actually is Joe Whisper. Oh, okay, Joe Whisper. Yeah. I don't think I've been there. Yeah, isn't that Chinatown or no? Actually, it's in Silom. Oh, okay. Saton. Okay, tell me about it. I've never been. So it's very local bars, very simple bars. They have good selection of spirits in in that kind of establishments, mm-hmm. but mostly people are drinking beers, and this is music bars. Okay. So they play music, but it's a mix, West Western music and also Thai music. But um, mostly they play kind of like rock, alternatives. Okay. A little bit of pop here and there, but yes, like yeah. I like the. Kind of like Brit rock. Sometimes they play Oasis. You know, it's nice. It's nice you're, place. You're quite a musical person, right, Dickie? Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is that was all in your life? Have you been musical? Because I know you can sing very well. I've heard you at mm-hmm. Firefly. <laughs> so those who uh, go to the bar, definitely check it out later. Now you might be lucky enough to hear Dickie sing. But um, was that you. always something in your life, or is that just a hobby you picked up? Um, actually, it's kind of long story. When I was kid, I used to sing in church. Ah, oh, okay. Yes, I used to join kind of like choir and singing church every Sunday. Hmm. And high school, we are living in this kind of a rock star dream. You know, oh, I want to make a band, <laughs> right? Did you ever have a band? Or yeah, so Did we do, we do have a band, and the band is um, actually is pretty good, and long last until university life. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty pretty good. But when when you get busier, when you 
get a little bit more to um, kind of like more semesters, like yeah, approaching the graduations, approaching the thesis and everything. No time. No time. And everyone think like, oh, maybe this is not not our main goal or main life because to be to be in the band or to be in music you really need to have dedications mm. maybe people have many people that play guitars beautifully play drums very nice you know all those skills they have but they might just happy when they play but they don't think this is um, a way of life it's the same thing like if you have a band if everyone doesn't have the same visions that we don't go anywhere very true for a bar as well i guess right correct yeah the bar team is the band and you've got to have the, the lead singer i guess and and take him along yeah can can i ask on that then some of the things maybe you um you teach your team some key points of hospitality or things that you think are so important in a bar that every person has to follow so important that every person has to follow yeah like, maybe some the the golden rules of Dickie and hospitality <laughs> something like that the golden rules mm. never just the guests that's a good one yeah that's that's that the first important thing that we really need to put into all our team members never never judge the guests mm. and never think they are wrong maybe someone ordered you martini on the rocks served it Mm-hmm. And you don't think like, oh no, we don't serve martini on the rocks because you won't call it martini is already on the rocks. It, it's yeah. not in martini glass. There is no uh, rituals anymore about the martini when you served it on the rocks. Mm. So, but when the guests order, do not offend. Do not think that you know more than them because that's the way they love to drink. Mm. That's the way they want to enjoy the drinks. It's not your drink, it's the guest drink. So we should make according to what they're liking. Yeah, yeah. There is no right or wrong. I mean, look, there's there's obviously a, an optimum way to drink certain things, but yeah. you're right, it's down to the personal preference. If someone likes it like this, then who are we to judge? Correct. At the end of the day, they're going to pay for it. So, yeah. <laughs> so that's golden rule, rule number one, don't judge, and which is a very important one. Uh, yeah. How about another rule? Another, like another rules. Mm. <laughs> we have a lot of rules in the hotels, right? <laughs> well, I suppose in a hotel you probably get a whole list. Yeah, it's a whole list. <laughs> but is there anything like, um, for instance, okay, when you're looking for a hostess or a bartender to join your team, what do you look for in a person? First things, attitude, personality. Mm. Attitude, personality. We cannot teach that. We cannot. We cannot. Uh, for someone to be someone else if they are already like that skills knowledge everything else we can teach we can gift mm. but personality attitude that's that's the important things the key things that um we always look into it okay okay and how many staff have we got now got quite a few right now with me we are eight okay eight in the team yeah eight in the team good good mm. Now, I mean, um, in terms of the cocktail program, so you said you're on menu two, correct? Now it's menu two, now we're going to be menu three. Ah, okay. So when is that launching? Hopefully, fingers crossed, if everything goes well, um, either end of this year or early next year. Okay, not too mm. far. Yeah, not too far. Is this going to be another evolution of the Firefly journey or is there something else you're going to add to it? What's the, 
what are we expecting for issue three? So now we have two kind of, um, how to say, big idea. Okay. One thing is completely something else, but still related to Firefly. Mm. Another thing is to continue the journey. Okay. So these these two things haven't decided yet. Okay. <laughs> Which side are you on? <laughs> Which one do you want to go down? Um, I really want to bring that related to Firefly, but still keep something in between. So we try. I try to um, kind of convince because the menu is not only about me; it's also the whole teams. Yeah, okay. like the teams also have um, kind of contributions, the idea they wanted. Because in the end, on a, at the end of the day, they need to be proud also about yeah. the menu. Yeah, about the about the cocktails that we serve. It's not about me; it's about us. Yeah, I mean, I remember back in the day when I was bartending bar manager, I would always ask my team to come up with a recipe too. Yeah. And if, I'd help them develop it, but I think it's important for them to have a, a level of ownership, right? Yeah. Something they can be proud of too. But, um, okay, I'm interested to see this new menu. Um, and, you know, we were talking the other day about guest shifts. Yeah. And uh, I made a joke that you're doing too many. <laughs> but, but I think it's good because actually it does bring a lot of attention to the bar and it's obviously working well. I also think um, it's a good way for networking, right? It's it's great to be able to share what you're doing with the rest of the bar community in Asia, mm-hmm. but also for them to have an opportunity to do that. So you're kind of creating a home for them. Um, what have been some of the best guest shifts you've had recently? I know there's one I'd like to talk to you about. And because um, I know you said that actually the class before the guest shift was like really special, but mm-hmm. maybe tell me about some of the, the best ones you had. The best one that I have, of course, is from one of my mentor, which is Stanislav Fradna. Yep. Yep. This is the one I was going to talk about. Yes. He bring not only drinks or menu for our guests to try, but also he brings to my staff, to some of the bars, a bartender in Bangkok that attended the class, like sharing the knowledge. Mm. So when we talk about Geshev, I think I do agree with you. Now, every single person in the bars or every single bars in Bangkok do so many guest shifts every single day. Mm. But what is the purpose of the guest shift? So when, when I do it, when Firefly, we did it, we have a purpose for doing it. It's not only for uh, marketing, like, oh, you get to know that you have an event. That's one thing. But another thing is like, what you can get from the guest shift. So for me, guest shift is kind of double-edged sword. Right. Right? There is, of course, bad side. There is also good side. We don't call it bad side, maybe like negative and positive. So the positive things is you get to meet people that you never met before, maybe from another part of the world that some of the brand alcohol invited here in Bangkok and then you accept that and then you get to meet you get to know that your network getting bigger and mm. your connection getting bigger and another thing the positive things is about your guest mm. your guest might uh, if you have regular guests that come two three times a week then they might have something that different oh Today I tried new cocktails from this man. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And next one, the positive things is about your staff. 
your staff also have a chance to know different people from different countries. Maybe not everyone have the privilege like me and you that travel to many different places and they haven't met people from, let's say, Lithuania. They haven't met people from Slovakia or they haven't met even people from Australia. So this kind of opportunity is good for our staff. So they get to know different people, they get to know different cultures and they can learn something from them. Mm. So that's also another positive learning process for our teams, like our bartenders. When the bar- when your bartender work with you every single day, they know. They know what you like. They know how your system works. They know if I say this one, or I will give you this one. Support system is there. But when they work with something, someone new, then they need to adapt fast. Mm-hmm. So that's the time they will learn, oh, how? Maybe first gas shift, mess. Second gas shift, still mess. But after that, they will learn more and more like, oh, this is how we adapt. This is how we see how another person work. And they can learn many things from that. Let's go into that masterclass um, that you mentioned because I know it was a pretty special one, right? And I remember seeing the stories and we yep. talked about it afterwards, but I'd love to dive into that if you don't mind sharing. Yes, of course. I know you said it was, it was very different from a normal class that you would get, right? Yep, yep. So basically, the hospitality mindset also, um, more or less, I get it a lot from him. Mm. So he is the person that um, travel a lot and blend into that culture. Like blend really, really into that culture. So from each different places that he lived or he learned, he bring the philosophy back to what we can use in bartending industry. So it's, it's very, quite something. It's, it's not easy to digest for some people because you need to learn about all this philosophy. Like for example, um, aloha. Right. So he bring this aloha uh, philosophy into bartending industry. People think aloha. What is aloha? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Hello in Hawaii. No, is it yeah. something behind it? Like, but actually, aloha is a greeting. The way of people saying in in Hawaii, mm. it means exchange the bread of life. Wow. Okay. This is more than just a greeting. Yeah, it's more than the greeting okay. because they will put, they will touch the nose. From when they say hello, they will touch the nose like. If, if if you know um, Maori in New Zealand, they will touch the nose also when they greet because they exchange the bread of life. Wow. So okay. from this philosophy, bring to the bartending and as a bartender, you need to exchange. Are you now touching all your customers' noses? No. <laughs> no. I'm just You're forcing that one. <laughs> but I like that. I didn't actually know about that. Um, so I'll have to look into it. Um, that's interesting though. So I think it's more that, I guess from the class, it's more about when you guests come in, you're giving them more than just a hello, right? It's more yes. about a, yeah. It's how you recognize them within five seconds when you see them. When you look into their eyes, when you smile and say, welcome to Firefly. Right, mm. right. Is it really from here or just because of you work there? Yeah, exactly. Are right. you saying it or you really mean it? Like, yes. Yeah. Okay. Mm. And I mean, in terms of like how we were saying about guest shifts, there are too many, I think. What, what is this about? Why is why are we on like overdrive with guest shifts, do you think, in Asia? 
do you think we need to slow down? My idea is always that like less is more, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? But I appreciate it also like, you know, it, it's part of what has to be done. Uh, you know, people want to get on the 50 best list. The only way you can really share your bar and knowledge and, you, and who you are is by doing this sort of stuff. Yeah. But it does seem to be a little bit like too much and sometimes competitive as well. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. True, true. But because I think this is one of the trends at the moment that, People follow the trends, mm -hmm. obviously, and uh, there's so many bars in Bangkok that wanted to be kind of also in the market, like not left behind. Mm -hmm. So again, it's depend on who you invite, like what is the purpose, mm -hmm. and is it benefited to your teams? Is it have the purpose for your team as well? Or you just doing it because of the brand asking you to do it. That's yeah. that's all the question that you can ask. And we have we have so many things like about guest chef, right? So I don't think it's right or wrong. I don't think it's um, for me. Like if if you think this is suitable for your bars, and you think that um, the strategy will work, then why not? Yeah. Sometimes it's also like, <laughs> are you doing it for your guests or are you doing it for the bar community? I mean, mm -hmm. it's either way, but Correct. sometimes customers just don't really care who's coming in, right? It's like, yeah. yeah. Okay, I mean, on that note then, you've done some pretty cool guest shifts um, around Asia. We sent you to Japan with Remy, I think. Yep. And uh, you were part of the Tokyo Bar Show, which is really cool. What's been your favorite place to visit for a guest shift recently? For guest shift, like, um actually singapore and taiwan okay yeah taiwan Ta i've never been to taiwan is very very how to say the market is so vibrant also mm. it's a small country but the the cocktail cultures there is very strong you will see small bars with a 10 seats but the behind the bars they have a full laboratory equipments right whoa this is out of the world, right? Like when, when we are here in Bangkok, um, if people can afford the whole lab with only 10 seats, that is like... <laughs> yeah, and so many. <laughs> right? <laughs> so yeah, so the whole bar scenes in Taiwan or Taipei in particular, like it's very, very uh, grow so fast. So they have so much, so much small bars in size because again, uh, they are not really big in the land, right? So you you don't have that privilege to have kind of a big, massive lands, mm. and uh, they have a lot of young people that want to know this drinking cultures, and they are uh, doing it in the good way. Mm. So, yeah. And where where did you go for the guest shift? Which bar was it? Public House. Okay. I yeah, I think I've heard of it, but I've mm. obviously never been. Tell me about the bar. What's it like? Public House is, well, I think, one of the best bar in, in Taiwan. Okay. Uh, because they have different approach. So many, again, many small bars, more crafted cocktails. So Public House is like an old English tavern. Oh, cool. Okay. Nice. So when you go inside, it's a wooden, and then uh, they open up to four, I think, three or four a.m. in the morning. So they have kind of like stages during the service so the first stages 
obviously is early crowd plus dinner crowd. Mm-hmm. So they do serve food. Like again, it's a, like English pop tavern, something like that. The food is involved. So from, let's say from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m., it's an early crowd, the office people, people eat, sit down at the table. Afterward, from 9 to, let's say, 1 is the cocktails crowd. Mm-hmm. The young people that want to try the cocktails, crafted cocktail is served. The menu is um, not overcomplicated, but it's also not too simple, so it's well-balanced. And after 1, it's just the pop. You know, beers, <laughs> nice, and then long drinks, whiskey and soda, gin and tonic, done. Okay, okay, sweet, sweet. Yeah, I'll have to go one day. And you mentioned Singapore as well. Where did you go for the guest shift in Singapore? Singapore, I went to two places: Smoke and Mirrors, and also, of course, my yeah. sister company, Kembinski. Oh, of course, Samford. Yeah. yeah, nice. I love Singapore a lot. It's definitely well developed compared to sort of the Thai market, but yep. um. Yeah, it's fantastic. I'm going to be going over there, I think, quite a lot. We've got BCB coming up, and then yeah. so well, 50 best. So are you going to be there for the, that, those times? or October, I think, yes. Yep. Uh, November, not sure, because BCB is in November, right? Yes. Six and seven. I think so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that'd be good, though. I think it's really cool having that come over. I mean, it's, yeah, BCB is super educational, man. There's some really cool seminars that are lined up for it. Um and I think it's cool bringing those conversations to Asia. We needed it a lot more. Yes. So, good. And, um, you know, uh, what else are we looking forward to at Firefly? Have you got anything else exciting coming up uh, at the hotel or even the bar? Any other big events you're looking forward to? For Firefly bars, yes, we try to keep it alive every single month with multiple events, some special menus, special cocktails, some guest shift. Mm. But... Um, the particular months that we want to celebrate is October, actually. So okay. o- October is kind of an anniversary month for our hotels. Ah, okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so what are you going to do for that? For Firefly, uh, we do something simple, but not too big, but not too simple. <laughs> Let's say we want to kind of collaborate with another Kambinski. So like we have several unique property in the world like let's say Cancun in Mexico so we wanted to to call them and say hey send us the recipes we will highlight your cocktails menu for a week here and let's say taste of Cancun from Kambinski in Cancun and this is the cocktail menu that they have so you don't need to fly all the way to Cancun to taste it you can start it from here and of course when people see it and people explore Oh, so there is so many Kambinski in in the world out there. So like, let's say Cancun, let's say uh, Munich. Okay, how many are there? I don't even know. Like, like for me, even I don't I don't keep in mind how many in the yeah. world. I'm from hotels as well, so I worked in hotels quite a while, and uh, I kind of liked it actually. I, I, there is a there is something about hotel life. That you kind of really get into. Yeah. By the end, I hated it. There was a lot of things that you just you drove me crazy, and I needed that break. But um, are, are you? Do you like that sort of? You prefer hotel sort of environment compared to sort of standalone bars, or would you ever go to a standalone bar in the future? For me, because my life, I used to work in the hotel bars, right? Like many, many hotel bars, and also kind of like hotel bars with 
standalone feeling. Mm. Okay. The thing that I really like about hotels is the structure. You have pretty much very stable structure and you have system, mm. which is, this is the things that I love to work with system. So that's, that's make me, uh, you can stay need a bit of structure. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Can get that make me stay more and more longer in the hotels because you have the system. It's easy for you to, to work with. And of course, for some people, it can be very stressful because you need to follow the procedures, this and that it kind of a long process for, for sometimes. Mm. Okay. And if, if you work in a standalone, maybe it's much more simpler. Like you want to buy something, you buy. The next day you buy. Yeah, things are a lot faster, right? Yeah. <laughs> There's less people to sort of go up the chain. But yes. No, I understand that. And I mean, imagine I imagine working in a hotel like that must be beautiful. It's a beautiful place, man. I mean, not even just a hotel, but that whole area, uh, the Vela Square, is it Vela? Yeah, like, the Vela. For those who maybe don't know Bangkok or haven't been here yet, definitely go check it out. It's like this beautiful square there's like a garden in the middle and there's probably well there's two hotels right so you've got Kempinski and then you've got the Kimpton, Kimpton. Yeah. then beyond that you've got all these amazing restaurants and cafes and it's just it's a very uh, it's a luxury area right but yes. it's it's very nice very well done so okay and I believe in Lang Suan area yeah yeah we call we call it Lang Suan area right so in the next maybe three, six months, it's going to be more destinations because many, many more places are open. Yeah, yeah. So, of course, you heard that maybe a couple of bars will open soon. Yeah, in well. In the next three months. <laughs> we've got a, the Alchemy alchemy showroom is going to be there and there's a particular Romanian guy going to be taking over a bar. <laughs> to yeah. So, very excited. Um, but yeah, there's a lot going on, man. It's hard to keep up with in Bangkok. I mean, I'm, I'm happy because when I came here all, all those many years ago, before COVID, like five years ago, I could see it was happening. But there, at the time, there was like four bars that you could name. That was it. Yes. But I was like, there's, there's a spark here. There's, people are hungry. People want to people wanna create stuff. And I'm really glad I stuck with it, rode the wave, wave of COVID, and, and here we are now. So it's a cool time, man. I mean, Bangkok really is like the hub of gastronomy, I think, in Southeast Asia. Yes, I yeah. do agree also. Yeah. So Bangkok have more diversity i mean singapore is well more develops yeah the market is more ready the market is already very well educated but bangkok we have more bigger populations first second we have more bigger space yeah and then now you have more selections and those selection is very much value for money mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i mean if if you go to hong kong or you go to singapore's the prices, obviously, because those two countries are, are already well developed than than Bangkok. Yeah. So that's why the prices, you know, currency exchange and etc. But here, I think for those of you that haven't visited Bangkok, I think you should. <laughs> well, on that note then, so for people who, who are planning to come to Bangkok um, and maybe are in a community, where, where would you recommend? What are the top places they have to go see? Maybe bars, food, anything, or just maybe, um, yeah, you must visit venues when you come to Bangkok. Must visit venues, obviously. In terms of cocktail bars, mm -hmm. you you can start first, like in Tonglo, if you want. 
in Tongla, obviously you need to go like find the locker rooms, rabbit hole. Those two bars are very well established yeah. and it won't disappoint you for sure. And then after that, you move around to a little bit of hotel area. You can go, of course, to to Miss Chiggers. If you are come to our area, it's very nice now because you can do bar hop very easily. True. Yeah. You can go to Firefly. You can go to Miss Chigger. Afterward, go all the way to 40th floor to Bayard. Mm-hmm. And then you want to continue to listen to jazz. You go to Crimson Room. Turn next couple of months, you can go to Alchemy Alchemy Showcase Room <laughs> yeah. with our Romanian friend. <laughs> and couple of months, maybe I think some bars will open more in that area. I heard I heard some okay. of the good name bars will open some branches over there. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Stay tuned for that. Yeah. And then after that, you can move along to Vesper. Yeah. Yes. Cool. So this is the whole journey. You move along to Vesper. It's like a riot passage. You kind of have to take Vesper off, right? Yes. Then after that, if you still want to see a little bit of the hotel's feeling, you can go to House of Saturn. Mm-hmm. And after House of Saturn, you can continue before to Chinatown. You can stop by in Mahanium. Mm. So after Mahanium, go to Chinatown. Again, you can just walk bar hot there in Chinatowns. When you arrive in of Thailand, Asia today, and then you can go Independence, Tax Bar, Tap Bar, mm. and you can end up in Amazing Opium Bar. <laughs> yes, and see you, Mateo. Definitely. Yeah. I think that's a good route as well. Like, if you if you definitely planned, like, a heavy night, it would be a heavy night, but yeah, it's dying in Tong Law, going down so convert, heading over to Lang Suan, then through, um, I guess, down that way towards Chinatown. Yeah. Siloam, and then you go to Mahanium, and then Chinatown. Or you can do vice versa. That's true. Yeah. Mm. That's a good route. And then the great thing about it is that when it comes to 2, 3 a.m., you just have some street food in any other place to recover. Right. Yes. <laughs> when you end up in Chinatown, you still have food. When yeah. you end up in Tonglo, you still have food. Definitely. Mm. Look, Dickie, it's been great to have you on the show. Thank you so much for coming on, man. Thank you. You know, following you for a while now. I really, really love what you do at Firefly. I think you're a great host. I think you're a great bartender and, and a leader as well to your team. Um, before we do go, is there anything you want to say to the audience? Any final thoughts of farewell? Oh. For me, like, of course, definitely, like, please come by to Firefly Bars anytime you are here in Bangkok mm-hmm. or for those that haven't visited Firefly and you are already in Bangkok, so you can try. You can come and see me. You can come to see the team and enjoy the cocktail and also also the music. And for everyone else out there that haven't visited Bangkok, please visit Bangkok. You can see Chris, you can see me. And if you need anything else, please let us know. And the most important thing is share more love. And love you always, brother. <laughs> love you too, man. Thank you so much for coming on the show. For those listening, thank you for tuning in once again. You can find this episode on Spotify, iTunes, and all other major podcast providers. And now, YouTube. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the show, guys. Uh, We are available on Spotify, iTunes, and all other major podcast providers. Your support helps my show grow, and I love you for listening. So thank you so much. If you want to be a part of it even more, please look at the show notes. You can find links to our Facebook group, The Beverage Network. You can also find links to my Patreon page, where you can help the show grow even further with small donations. And you can also find my email, where you can reach me anytime with any questions. You guys are amazing. I love this industry. Let's keep it growing. Thank you for listening to On The Bad Bar.